Hi, I'm Kendra. I'm Olivia. And Josh. And this is Our Music Oddcast. And today we're going to be talking about uh, Sam Cooke. Yeah, and his murder, mysterious death, whatever you want to call it. Definitely a murder. Well, I mean, it, it, it was. Yeah. It just is it a justifiable murder? Right. We'll not? call it a murder. Yeah, definitely murder. And I know nothing, so I'm fascinated to learn. Yeah. And you shall. <laughs> I shall learn today. <laughs> Take notes. Yeah, Sam Cooke was a famous singer, writer, producer, entrepreneur. He was born in Clarksdale, Mississippi in 1931. He was one of eight kids born to Reverend Charles Cook and Annie May. And actually, his great-grandmother was a slave. The family moved when Sam was a toddler to Chicago um, for a safer life and more opportunities. He started singing in a gospel group with his siblings called The Singing Children. Very creative name there. (laughs) (laughs) And then went on to join the Highway QCs when he was 14. In 1950, he joined the popular gospel quartet The Soul Stirrers after singer R.H. Harris left the group. And that was one of those groups that went on forever. It, you know, they started and then they just kept, when a member would leave, they'd get new people. Right. What's funny about after he joined, because he's a very good looking guy. The Solsters we're talking about? Yeah, the Solsters. Yes, I like that name. Yeah, so he, yeah, in 1950, he joined the, the popular gospel quartet. It was a quartet when he was in it. I don't know if it always was. Like I said, the funny thing was young girls and women flooded to the churches to see them play. And the shows, they had shows outside of churches <laughs> as well. So people compared it to, you know, Beatlemania, even though this was before really? Beatlemania. On a lower level, yeah, because they'd have... I did the not. The Screaming Girls. Like, rush this, yeah. this stage, yeah. I mean, I know about Sam Cooke's music, but I... They kind of you kind of gloss over his gospel years, where like oh yeah. he was a gospel singer for five years, and then bam I mean, he wrote all these time, hits. Actually. I mean, since he was six years old, I did not know that they were that popular. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Solsters, eh? Mm. Yeah, Solsters. But Before also that- like in the forties and stuff like that. Like that was a lot of the music out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you had like Sinatra was a rock star, and then I guess yeah. gospel was huge, and I don't mm-hmm. know Elvis. Yeah, he even did religious songs too. Yeah, yeah he did. He started out gospel the girls flooded to see sam's talent and charisma on stage because he was a very you know charismatic performer in 1953 he married singer dancer dolores milligan who is also known as dd Dee Dee mohawk and That's a nice great name. sounds like the ramones dd i know Dee Dee ramone Dee Dee Rose. he was replaced by dd mohawk yeah he was quite the womanizer and was rumored to at one point he had three girls pregnant at the same time while he was in yeah. the solsters <laughs> Had he quit singing gospel by this time? Or? No, that's well, well it's <laughs> exactly. yeah. Yeah. Scandal! <laughs> yeah. And should mention, in the area, the churches were still segregated, um, but many white women and um, actually white men as well would come to see them play because they were so popular. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, and when they were touring, because they, they went on little tours, especially like in the South, they ran into all sorts of issues with where they could stay, where they could eat, and um, even play due to prejudice and segregation at the time. That's sad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely still segregation in the early 60s yeah. for sure. It was really sad too, because um, the one, I watched a couple documentaries, and one was really good on Netflix. It was called The Two Deaths of Sam Cooke. But it has Quincy Jones talking about how sometimes he would play shows and he'd have to stay in mortuaries because no place would let him stay. Wow. Yeah, and like with dead bodies in there too. Wow. Yeah, it was <laughs> awful. <laughs> That's, wow. Around that time, well, it was 1955, Emmett Cooke, who was a Emmett Till, Emmett, um, Emmett Till 
14-year-old was brutally murdered after allegedly whistling at a white woman that was walking by in the street. And if you see the the pictures, like, you see this, like, adorable little boy, and then you see what doesn't even really look like a person anymore. His face was so big and swollen after, uh, like, several men beat this kid to death. That makes me really sad. Yeah. yeah. I, like, stories like that. Yeah, just no. 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 Yeah. No. It was a little bit of a turning point for Sam because he was already fed up with the way things were, but after that, he really started to get more involved with the civil rights movement. Yeah. The Soulsters had many hits. Their first recording was a cover of Jesus Gave Me Water, which was one of those, like, you know, um, in gospel, and I mean, even a lot of older music, I mean, rock and roll, a lot of people would cover the same song and just do their own version of it, but they had a really unique version and kind of... not launched their career because they already had a big following, but it kind of took them to the next level. But they had other hits, including um, How Far Am I From, Canaan, Jesus Paid the Debt, Peace in the Valley, and One More River. They were signed to Specialty Records and were a huge influence on doo-wop, soul, and the Motown sound. That's cool. Yeah. Sam sang in the group from 1950 to 1956, and he began his solo career in... In 1956, when he put out single lovable under the name Dale Cook, he wasn't sure if his gospel fans would react well to his um, pop soul crossover. Hmm. And Like when Dylan went electric. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the crap out of him, right? Yeah, I think they even unplugged him at the at one of the shows, didn't they? Oh, Dylan? Yeah, he was, playing, he was playing a show, and wasn't he backed by the band? And I think, I believe that they unplugged the show. Probably. Yeah, they like unplugged his guitars and stuff. Like people freaked out. That's funny. Um, Could be wrong about that. There was definitely a huge backlash. Yeah. (laughs) It was funny because he really didn't fool anyone with the with the alias because he has a very you know unmistakable voice and vocal style. So people you know um, people figured out it was him and they reacted really well. He so he began recording under his own name. He added E to the end because he it didn't have that before. He was kind of a superstitious guy and. He wanted an even number of letters in his name. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Even his father approved of the direction he was going with his music. He said as long as he was using his God-given gift, he was okay with it. His uh, solo career began to take off in 1957 after releasing the hit You Send Me. And he appeared on The Guy Mitchell Show. You Send Me went to number one on Billboard R&B charts in 19... And I think it actually... I think that went gold. Nice. Yeah, and that's gold's one million. One million yeah, copies I so. sold, I believe. Yeah. I thought that was platinum, but maybe. Well, I can't. I don't know. You might be right. Maybe yeah. it's a hundred thousand for gold. I'm gonna look it up right yeah. now. Okay. So we'll come back to that. Yeah. In nineteen fifty eight he was asked but how many streams did he get? <laughs> Zero. In nineteen fifty eight, Sam was asked by Dick Clark to do a live show in Atlanta. The Klan didn't respond well to the news, and they made several threats against Sam and even threatened to bomb the studio. And they just bombed a, a Jewish temple right around that time down there. So, it was, you know, they took it very seriously. So yeah. Dick Clark actually got the National Guard to come and kind of guard the, the studio. Not kind of guard the studio. We did, <laughs> yeah. did guard the studio. Totally guard the studio. But yeah, he, you know, Sam didn't let the threat stop him. Gold he, is 500,000. Oh, okay. okay. We were both wrong. Platinum yeah. is a million and diamond is 10 million. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that there was diamond. I didn't either. That's for like Michael Jackson thriller and stuff like that. I feel like we maybe talked like about that. another band hitting that, but I maybe not. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Maybe like Nirvana had a diamond album. And Taylor Swift. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, <laughs> he devi- devised, divorced wife Dolores in 1958. And he married Barbara Campbell in either 1958 or 1959. I've, I saw a couple conflicting reports of that online. Yeah, was 50s. it because he had a bunch of side pieces? Or was <laughs> yeah. it because and she kicked him out? Or did he dump her? I didn't find so no. curious. Yeah. any information on why they divorced. He already had a child with Barbara Campbell, his second wife. She was 11 at the time. <laughs> her Their daughter, Linda, she was born in 1953. That might have been one of the three women that he had pregnant at the same time when he was in the Solsters. Mm, yeah. I don't know. I bet like all those people are like, ancestry DNA, though. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so he, curious. Yeah, he um, was said to have fathered another child with a boy with Connie Bowling in 1959. And then this was sad to me, but they settled out of court. And I don't know, you know, we don't know the reasons because we don't know specifics. Maybe it was completely false, but just gave the woman $5,000 to like walk away and let it go. Wow. So It's not a lot of money. No. At the time, though. Yeah, at the time, it it would have been, you know, more, but just sad because, you know, over a child's life, you know, they're very expensive. That is sad. $5,000 probably didn't do much for her. No. He performed on the Arthur Murray party that same year and played the, probably going to, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but it's either Calvisade or Calva Cod um, jazz concert with artist Ray Charles and Sammy Davis Jr., his ex-wife sadly died in a car crash in 1959. That was also another one where it's like some said 58, some said 59. But he paid for her funeral expenses. Mm-hmm. His second daughter, Tracy, was born in 1960. And his son, Vincent, was born in 1961. While on the road, Sam had, you know, like we talked about earlier, but um, even later during his solo career, had many bad experiences on the road. And in the early 60s, he didn't make it to a show in Georgia because he refused to sit in a Jim Crow bus when riding from the airport to the show. Wow. Um, Black taxi drivers weren't allowed to go to the airport, and the white taxi drivers wouldn't take him. So he just sat there and waited. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, Many of the shows were still segregated, and sometimes even the black attendees were charged more. And the white people were sometimes given better seats. Sometimes they put, you know, the the black fans up in the the balconies so they weren't allowed to, you know, dance and enjoy the show. What a disgusting time in our country's history. It just makes me so angry to think about. And, yeah, like, I'm a white girl. so it's Like, human rights. Yeah, and it's just like, what the fuck? Like, The silver lining is we've come so far since then. But have we? Well. I don't think we've come far enough. I don't either. Oh, for sure, but. but... I mean, you have a. We had an African American president. Yeah. The, like in 1960, you would have said, "No way, that would never ever happen in the United States." I even States, also ever. feel a little uncomfortable talking about it as you know, three white people sitting at a table talking about like, oh, totally because we have yeah. because we do have the white privilege. Yeah, I don't. Like, just and I just, don't just, have just keep like, it real. Understand, you know, hmm? I, and like we could even fathom what it it would be. Yeah, like. I I should just not talk. <laughs> well, no, 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 really no, honest. <laughs> nope, they definitely get that. But yeah, just. Just noting, like, very sad to hear. Yeah, yeah, about it's these terrible. experiences. It but I think it's sick. important to learn about that shit too. It is that way. You, like, yeah, you do know what you're talking about, and it wasn't that long ago, to be honest. No, it's not. Yeah, Jesse Belvin died in a car accident uh, after he was leaving the first segregated show in Arkansas, and they found out that people had slashed his tires, and that's actually what led to the accident. So they killed him, his wife, and there were other people in the car. Jesus. Yeah. Sam refused to play a show in 61 due to the black fans only being allowed to sit up in the balcony. Wow. 
Yeah, he was really influenced by... He was an avid reader, but he was really influenced by James Baldwin. And he he encouraged a lot of the artists that he was dealing with, like some of the um, gospel singers, because he was a, a big mentor to a lot of people that were trying to become... A, you know, they were trying to become famous or at least get their songs heard, played by other people even. Mm-hmm. Um, Who better to mentor you than yeah. <laughs> Sam Cooke? Yeah. Um, but he, he influenced a bunch of artists to stop processing their hair and go back to their natural hair. Huh. That's, I, that's a big movement that's happening right now, too. And yeah. I, I'm here for it. Yeah. Like as a hairstylist, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yes. Like, I love seeing... Beautiful curls. The beautiful curls. Yeah. But then also, like, the super interesting pearl. textures. Like, yeah. um, I love afros. I love all of that. And I, as someone that, like, I have my hair straight right now, but I have naturally curly hair, like... <laughs> yeah. I like I always encourage people like and I have clients of different ethnicities too um to go natural just yeah. because I think it's Looks a, so much better. better for the hair and be like I mean flaunt it if you got it yeah you know <laughs> Sam started his own label SAR Records in 61 with J.W. Alexander and Roy Crane the label signed artists like the Valentinos the Sim Twins um, <laughs> <laughs> that's all you need Star Records was a chance for him to write more and support his friends and family because his brother was oh yeah his brother um, I think it it might be I'm gonna probably say this wrong but it was another like not JW but it was something like that Cook but Dale Cook Jr. (laughs) but yeah he wanted to give them a fair chance to make money off their music because other people were making some of their hits famous and they weren't getting any royalties from it some people were even um, paid cocaine for their music wow yeah wow it was awful (laughs) yeah that's kind of funny though. Yeah, I don't. It, it definitely wasn't in like a fun way. It was kind of like, well, like they definitely like, got fucked over. Yeah, hundred yeah. really, percent. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, uh, <laughs> you got to laugh like that they think of that coke. as a currency, right? <laughs> yeah, and he was even quoted um, saying that in a perfect world, all of his artists would see hits. Like he, he just really wanted to build up his community. Yeah. Um, well, the, if he wrote them, they probably would. Well, sometimes they weren't his songs. They were, I mean, because yeah. Um, yeah, what's his name? Is it Bobby Womack? He, or, yeah, I think it's Bobby Womack. He wrote a song that the, the Stones made famous in, early in their career. Oh, cool. Yeah. But that, a lot of that was happening where, you know, um, these people are writing hits that they never really got credit for. Well, that's like kind of like the dark history of rock and roll, too. I, I mean, like, for so much time, like, even like Elvis yeah, stealing like songs from black Elvis artists. Yeah, songs, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's really awesome that he was advocating for mm-hmm. everybody to get paid and what they're owed because, yeah, that's, I mean, that's still a discussion that happens now, yeah. you know? Yep. The mob became very angry with Cook because they controlled a lot of the record labels around that time and they didn't like how he was trying to, you know, take money out of their pocket and give more to the artists. And he saw they worried that that would become a trend. So, yeah, he received countless death threats and they... That is one of that will lead into one of the theories of his very horrible death. He started a management publishing firm, CAGS, before ascending with RCA, Victor. While on RCA, he put out hits Chain Gang, Sad Mood, Cupid, Bring It On Home to Me, Another Saturday Night, and Twisting the Night Away. He formed a friendship with Cassius Clay and put actually put out an, his album and sang... He sang on the song um, "The Gang's All Here." That was in 1963. Nice. Cassius Clay yeah. has an album. I guess I didn't know that until. Man, I got to look that up. I yeah, hundred yeah. percent wow. going to be googling that shit tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal has an album. It's probably pretty good too. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. 
Is it called Shack Attack? I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) One can only hope. I'm sure it is, yeah. (laughs) At the time, Clay was being mentored by Malcolm X and introduced him to Sam. And both wanted to improve the life and of their communities, and they wanted to create more opportunities. Sam was introduced to, unfortunately, accountant um, NCPA Alan Klein the same year. He knew of Sam's dissatisfaction with the label over royalty disputes, and he audited RCA and realized that the label owed Sam a lot of money. He signed a five-year contract with Klein in 63 to manage CAG's music and SAR records, and they together they formed the business Tracy Limited, named after his daughter, a holding company that would work with um, RCA to distribute his music. And then they, you know, they were gonna all the artists that were signed to his label too. They, that was the the plan. And sadly, Sam's son Vincent drowned in '63 as well oh, in the damn. family pool at their Jeez. LA home. That's sad. He was only three years old. God. He Sam started drinking really heavily and staying home less to deal with his grief. He went Bet. on tour right away. Yeah. He, yeah. Sadly, he he blamed his wife for leaving the toddler unattended by the pool. I think that's you know unavoidable in some of those situations. I think like all of the parents blame each other. I mean, or someone else. Back in the fifties, there weren't even seatbelts in cars, and yeah. I'm not saying you leave a kid by a pool, but but at the same time, like any time a child dies, it's always gonna yeah. put tension in the marriage. Yeah. And there's someone who's to blame. A kid doesn't just die. But then at the same time, it's like it's still just a tragic accident. Yeah, oh, for sure. It's horrible. Yeah, he really threw himself into his work. And he was really inspired by Bob Dylan's Blowing in the Wind and decided to let politics come through a little bit more in his music. He wanted to encourage social change, and he wrote song, A Change is Going to Come. And sadly, one of the verses, it wasn't even, I don't have exactly what, I should have written, written that down, what it said, but it was something like, they don't want me to come around here or something or come down here talking about being in like a certain area of town. And it, it wasn't offensive or, I mean, not that it would have been anyway, but um, just something that you wouldn't think that they would force him to take out, but they made him take that out of the song mm. because they were afraid that, you know, people wouldn't, wouldn't like hearing that. Well, like, okay. So it kind of goes with that whole thing too of like, I mean, even with the current dialogues and stuff like that happening, yeah. um, having a white guy say that, like talk about wanting to change and stuff like that the bigots are more likely to be less offended by a white guy saying it. Oh, than this by, is the same song. Yeah. No, no, I'm saying yeah, like about like Dylan. Like Bob like Dylan about, says, like Bob Dylan says right? that it's time for change and this yeah. is fucked up that somebody can't go there. Like all the racist assholes will yeah. be offended, but less offended than if they okay. heard a black um, person saying yeah. that, yeah. which is not okay, obviously, like that people feel that way in general right. because... <laughs> Obviously, they're terrible people, but, you know, um, I don't know. I think that's, I mean, that's really sad that he had to be edited I know. like that um, because that could have been really powerful if I he know. was allowed to keep that in the song. Yeah. When Cassius Clay was named heavyweight champ in 1964, the friendship of the singer, boxer, and activist Malcolm X became a threat to the FBI. They There's even document, documents where they were talking about how they were surveilling the three of them. And they didn't, they wow. redacted the names, but you can tell because it's talking about, you know, activist singer. Right. Um, but yeah, there was concern that Sam would become a Muslim and influence his fans to convert. That's what it's, that's crazy that that's what like one of their big concerns was. <laughs> like, what is it with the government being obsessed with people's religious fucking habits? Yeah. Oh, that's stupid. 
He recorded his Live at Harlem Square album in 1963, which sadly wasn't released until 85. Because they considered it to be too... When did he record it? um, 1963. Could they considered it to be too gritty, gritty and raw, which it was a like it was a racist thing. They were, you know, they thought that it would, you know, not appeal to his his white fans, um, and they were they said that they were afraid that it would um, tarnish the singer's name. Wow, it's a beautiful album. I actually listened to a podcast where. Um, this guy, he goes through the album, they talk about the songs, and he had Neil deGrasse Tyson on talking about it. And it was funny because, nice. yeah, it's really interesting. Um, <laughs> <A he> scientist <laughs> yeah, <laughs> talking about music, he, why not? Yeah, yeah, I mean, he talks about music and all sorts of other things, too, but it was a good listen. Look for it. That sounds interesting. Yeah. But Sam became aware, after taking a few days off while sick with the flu, that... He, he was going through documents about his business, Tracy Limited, with Alan Klein, but he was not listed as owner of the company, which he should have been. Alan Klein was, and he was listed as an employee. So that meant that he owned all of Sam's material, all of his songs. Which was pretty common back then. Yeah. yeah. And, like I mean, the artists, Beatles didn't own their to, songs, Rolling Stones didn't own their well, songs. By, well, the funny thing is, he worked with both of them. They say that he's one of the people that was responsible that for breaking up the Beatles, and he ripped off the Stones, and that's why they don't yeah. play a lot of their early stuff. Wow. Because this guy owns the rights. He I mean, did. He's dead he now. did. Yeah, he's but yeah, dead, his, but they stole his family or whoever owns it now. Owns yeah, it. and he did some sketchy stuff, like rotating positions and people on the board so the people that could actually, you know, make these decisions. Because at one point it was supposed to be Sam and his father and, you know, people that were already in business with him for the record company. Mm-hmm. And he rotated all those people out. And at the time of Sam's death, like he was in charge and then he moved his wife to like the secretary position. And <laughs> just really... My dog is the president of the company <laughs> now. And he wow. says... <laughs> Yeah, really shady, sad. shady stuff. So he had made plans to meet with Klein because um, he found out on a Thursday. But he made plans to meet with Klein that following Monday, and he was going to fire him. But sadly, Sam didn't survive the weekend. On December eleventh, nineteen sixty-four, while out to dinner with producer Al Schmid, Sam met Elisa Boyer at a bar called Martoni's. And unfortunately, Sam had just gone off tour, and he had five thousand dollars cash with him, and he whipped it out at the bar. And I guess it was kind of obvious that it was happening. He had been drinking, yeah, and he wasn't being shy about the money. Al Schmidt and his wife left and Sam was still at the bar with, you know, Lisa Boyer at the time. And they went on to another club called PJ's and eventually ended up at the CD motel in LA, the Hacienda motel, which a lot of people that were friends with Sam talked about. I mean, he wasn't shy about his extramarital affairs. It didn't seem like something that he was, he went out of his way to hide. Um, and they were saying that that wasn't the kind of place that he would stay. He didn't need to. He didn't need to stay at a seedy hotel far from, you know, where he was living at the time. Right. So there's a lot of a lot of people think that maybe this was suggested by the woman. So they check into the hotel, and he goes in and he signs, and he actually puts that at, at Sam Cook and his wife. But the woman's sitting in the car, and she doesn't try to leave, doesn't do anything. She, you know, just kind of sits there happily. Well, she's a prostitute, right? Why would she leave? Well, this is all part of the story. She, I mean, at this time, yeah. she's... Not admitting that she's a prostitute or that this was, you know, something they agreed. I mean, who knows if he even knew if that okay, she was a prostitute. Okay. We don't know. So then 
Allegedly, against her will, he took her up to the hotel room and threw her down on the bed and started ripping her clothes off. But then he goes into the bathroom to take a shower or maybe just go to the bathroom. It, there's a lot of conflicting information out there. But she then decides that this is her chance to flee and she grabs all of his stuff. She grabs his socks, his pants, his $5,000. His $5,000 naturally. <laughs> yeah, whoops. Yeah, and disappears. So he comes out of the bathroom. All that's left is his shoes and like a jacket. And he goes to the manager's office of the hotel. And apparently, well, this is what, I mean, the story goes that he was, you know, pounding on the door, insisting that she tell him where the girl was. And he breaks down the door. You never know in these situations, but a lot of family and friends said that he was not a violent man. He'd never been accused of doing anything violently, physically or sexually. I mean, even people after, you know, which... Yeah. There's no way he left $5,000 sitting on a bed with a woman he doesn't know. Yeah. And in a place he's never been before and then takes a shower. There's no way that happens. Right. Because $5,000 is like... $50,000. $50,000. You would never just leave, oh, I'm just going to go to the, take a Right. There's so many things that are weird about this story. Yeah. But that's what she said. And she, so he's, you know, fighting with the owner of the hotel and her name is Bertha Franklin. So she says that, you know, she, he breaks on the door, Bertha. she's fighting with him. And then she actually shoots him three times in the chest at this Damn. point. She beat him with a broom. Gangsta. There, some, some stories say that she beat him with a broom after he was laying on the ground dying. Some said it was before. Some said that he was beat with her gun after he was shot. So Elisa Boyer at this point, she goes to a phone booth and calls the police. And it's a really weird phone call and says that she's been kidnapped, but she doesn't know where she is. And they, it's just not far from the hotel and they find her and they, they take her back to question her. And that's when, you know, she tells that she was trying to avoid being raped and she left with this stuff, which the $5,000 is gone at this point. Of it's course. Gone. Yeah. yeah, of course. Disappeared. <laughs> so are like the theories that it was like a pimp or like, what are the theories here? It sounds like there would <laughs> yeah, be we'll a third party Sorry. involved. Okay. So they're investigating the scene and five days later at an inquest, they, you know, it, it wasn't investigated. They didn't care who this guy was. They just saw, you know, a black Another black man killed at a hotel, right? That's sad. Yeah. yeah. So there was a lot of information that wasn't collected. There was um, evidence that wasn't. They did that same thing to Robert Johnson, too. I mean, he was like left by the side of the road and like he has an unmarked grave. Like, that's so sad. There was even a lot of stuff that wasn't mentioned in the autopsy report. There was, um, you know, marks on his Total negligence. Marks on his leg that weren't like acknowledged in the autopsy report yeah or something mm-hmm. yeah, so obviously so after 15 that's minutes so sketchy yeah both, yeah both women testified at the at this hearing and the woman elisa boyer the prostitute she wore sunglasses inside and she seems like she's acting really badly i mean who knows because if this if like something happened and he treated this woman badly maybe it was just hard to tell the story in front of other people i don't know i do think that Bertha Franklin came across a little bit more believable, but she also seemed like she completely did not give a shit at all about this, you know, killing this man. You think you would still care that you killed a person, even right. if it was in self-defense, it would still yeah. bother you slightly, and especially, you know, sitting in front of his family talking about killing him. To add insult to injury, Bertha Franklin sued his estate for $200,000 for physical injuries and mental anguish after Sam Cooke's attack. Did she get rewarded that money? 
Um, his wife sounder, his wife countersued for $7,000 to just cover his funeral expenses. And she did win, um, Bertha won, and she Ugh. walked away with $30,000. So she didn't get the $200,000, but she... Fuck Bertha. Yeah, and she was even rumored to be a pimp. And that's part of what people think happened, that she was maybe this girl's pimp. 100%. Or somehow involved yeah. with her pimp. And they planned this robbery together. I mean, that's what seems... that. Definitely all Seems adds up. plausible. Yeah. Definitely all adds up. So Boyer was arrested a month later, and she was actually trying to do the same thing. She It was a sting operation, but she was trying to solicit sex, and then she was trying to like rob the person. Mm-hmm. And then in 1979, she was arrested for murder. She murdered her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So did she ever go to fucking jail? Oh, yeah. she Yeah. I think she's still alive in jail oh, now. Okay. Well, if you're listening to this, Bertha, you're a bitch. Oh, not Bertha. <laughs> um, Lisa. Oh. Well, yeah. Bertha's a bitch, Well, too. also, Lisa... You're a bitch. The weird thing is she was questioned somewhat recently about the whole thing again. And they said that she's like mentally deteriorated a lot. But also like. But her story didn't change, which that can mean also that it was like very rehearsed and like this was the story. I know it because we rehearsed it so many times. I'll redact my bitch statement because like you never know. She could have been forced into it. Like she could have owed somebody money. She could have had her life on the line. Yeah. There's a million things that could go into it. But at the same time, like, like. after if she history was in jail, is repeating itself like that. Oh, I know. But like after she was in jail for murder, she could, even if there were, you know, all kinds of situations where people were threatening her life, she could have done the right thing and told the truth. Totally. I'm not saying that she might not be lying. I, I shouldn't jump to the conclusions. Just after everything that I went through, I do think that this was, you know, a like failed robbery attempt. But there are other theories as well. Yeah. Some people think that maybe it was the FBI. Um, like even if it's like, even if Lisa's story is legit. Yeah. Like all I'm saying is like that Bertha lady 100% knew what she was doing. In yeah. That situation. Like did she ever go to jail? No. No, no, they barely even investigated the crime, but they they ruled that it was um, necessary. And yeah, when she self-defense. shot him, she shot him with a gun that was a thirty-two caliber. Yes. Or she owned a thirty-two caliber pistol, but the bullets that killed him were a twenty-two caliber. Which but those either, were lost, of course. The bullets were yeah, lost. Yeah, so either it was somebody else's gun and she shot him, or somebody else had a different gun who probably shot him. Yeah, and yeah. I mean that could explain why he was beaten so badly. So right. yeah, I can't see. Sh- she didn't look very big, and Sam no. Cook's a dude. Maybe she overpowered him, caught him by surprise. When this fight happened, too. Well, like, like if remember, you came at me right now, I think I would like drop you. a jacket and shoes and, like, completely naked. Wow. Which also, that I mean, that part alone seems really suspicious to me. It doesn't seem like maybe that didn't happen there. Maybe. And they even talked about there wasn't enough blood pooling, so maybe he was killed somewhere else and then taken there. Right. There's so, I mean, there's, yeah, there's a lot of there's, theories. There's um, a couple different Reddit pages that are dedicated just to the different theories. But yeah, they thought maybe the FBI because um, Malcolm X was killed the same year and so was Martin Luther King. So I well, don't know. Maybe. If, uh, yeah, maybe the mob because they had threatened him. And maybe this was all set up by the mob because um, Bertha had mob connections. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Then. And it would maybe explain why he was beaten so badly. Right. I mean, like, there's a lot There's a lot of stuff that he was doing for progressive change yeah. that the haters would try to silence for sure. Yeah. I forgot to mention that both women did pass a lie detector test. That doesn't mean shit, really, because I don't think the those are reliable. But, but were they asked, like, was anyone else there? Was there a mobster? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, they were asked... 
yeah, there's so many things that could go into that. Yeah, and then, you know, last one, which I think is probably the least likely, some people thought that maybe Alan Klein had him killed because he found out that he was going to lose, which I think that, I mean, even if Sam Cooke was going to go fire him, he still has contracts signed saying that he's in charge of this company. So it would have gone to court. Who knows how long that would have taken. So we don't know that he would have lost Sam's rights and and all his, you know, all, all the stuff that he had signed over to himself. Wow. Yeah. I think the Alan Klein thing's really far-fetched. Yeah. They, yeah. It, it was said that he like didn't really have Alan the reach Alan Klein's going to hire time. a prostitute, and I, don't, I just don't see that happening. Yeah. He's a business guy. Yeah. I, I just, don't know, maybe. Oh, and also people that were staying at the hotel at the time didn't hear any gunshots. Oh, yeah. That's weird. That's mm-hmm. so yeah, sketchy. So pointing to where he may have been out by the river and, like, shot, and then they brought him to the hotel or whatever. Yeah. Totally. But like some of the injuries that weren't mentioned, he Especially had. the fact that it was at a hotel that nobody could really like like think that he would normally go to right. anyway. It's like obviously so like many problems with the story. Murdered Which, and then driven there. It yeah. could all be true. It could have happened exactly like they said it did, but right, I like just I, don't I definitely it. like always condone like believing women. Me too. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, like there's so much other stuff going it's on with that that even it's like, so much that she's a prostitute that made her less believable to me. Like that right, didn't matter. Like, yeah. It was the, the fact that she was busted a month later doing the exact same thing. Like and setting up a robbery. Yeah. Yeah. There's just enough cracks in Sam Cook's character to make it sort of possibly believable. To yeah. where like, yeah, he was a womanizer and Right. You know, this but it's it's kind of flimsy. But that also kind of I mean, with that you could also say that I mean he had women that were, you know, definitely willing to have sex with him without money being involved. Without so, paying for it. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of so people like that that it got accused. Hire, like Kobe Bryant got accused of the same thing. That was that wasn't with a prostitute though. It was with like a hotel worker who yeah. claimed that he forced her to have sex. I'm like Kobe Bryant has like a hundred million dollars. Is he just, really gonna like, force anyone to have, like, have sex? sex with yeah. Yeah, that's true. But I didn't think about that. It happened then he they settled out of court. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And, oh, but, but yeah, you know, officially it's still, I mean, it still stands. Nobody's reinvestigated this. Nothing else has happened. Sadly, she hasn't, like I said, she hasn't come forward and with any other information. Yeah. That's interesting. Like, yeah, I'm just thinking about it because I've never heard this story before. So yeah. like, I didn't like, I wanted to be surprised with this one. And it's yeah. like, that's a lot of stuff to process. I don't it know. Is. Like, yeah. Like, there's so many possibilities of what could have happened or who could have been behind it. But mm-hmm. even with it just being, like, a robbery gone fatal, you yeah. know? Like, there's so many questions with, like, yeah, if no one else in a hotel heard a gunshot, like, was it just because it was that type of hotel where no one was a snitch? Or yeah. was it, like... Were there so many gunshots be? going off in the streets that like, yeah, you just were so or, used to you didn't hear it? Or was he shot somewhere else and brought there, yeah. like, to cover that it didn't up? say, like, how many, like, how close these people were to... And just because gunshots weren't reported being heard, maybe it was like, I'm not a snitch. I ain't telling nothing. Maybe there were gunshots. I mean, maybe it happened by where she had the phone call, you know, saying that she got kidnapped and that was her alibi or whatever. Yeah. Like, who knows? There's so many things that that could have been. Yeah. That's just really sad, though. Like, it's it's sad to see that, like, there was someone also, that was trying to do something. Like, I mean, oh, like, I know. yeah, he was a womanizer and, like, that always sucks or whatever. But, like, most musicians, like, in these stories to, typically tend yeah. to be. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, not saying all musicians, yeah. obviously, but, like, yeah, it's interesting. There was one final, I even, you know, questioned mentioning this, but um, Bobby Womack, artist from the Valentinos, who's actually a friend of Sam Cooke's, he married his his second wife three months after his death, and they said that maybe there was something going on there before, and they were saying that, you know, that could be a possibility, too, that he 
had Sam killed or killed Sam. But yeah, I think that's even less likely than the Alan Klein, yeah. you know, option. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. Like, Super sad story, though. I mean, that the is guy, sad. I think he was 33 years old at the time of his yep. death, which is horrible. And he had kids. It's. I mean, not that it's not sad. He had a lot of kids, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of different women. Potentially. He's had more kids than anyone knows about. I'm just saying, if you have any similar right. features. Do you like the like, soul stirs? Are you descended from <laughs> Sam Cooke? Yeah. Like, inquiring minds want to know. Yeah, I guess on a positive side, um, after his death, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 86. In 87, oh, he good. was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Good. The Soulsters were in 89. Yes. And then 1994, <laughs> he was awarded a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. In 1999, he received a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. And then even, I don't know if you Presented by this, Lionel Richie. But um, Obama, when he you know was running for office, part of his campaign, you know... I forget what it, the slogan was, but it was something about... It was inspired by Sam's song, A Change Is Gonna Come, and then yeah. they even played that song. Awesome, yeah. Yeah. They should, so. yeah. I like that he was awarded things post-mortem, mm-hmm. like, but it's also sad that it's like he didn't get to see the Grammy or I know. those awards in his lifetime. Like, that's really sad. It's really sad. Yeah. Like, I mean, to be awarded a Grammy... In the fucking nineties, like ninety nine, what was it? Is that yeah. what you said? Yeah. When he you had died. to battle like Celine Dion for Grammys yeah, back then. Yeah, he. I mean, that's like you know, like over thirty years later, like that's yeah. crazy. Like, I mean, I'm glad that it happened, but it's like it's it's sad that it didn't happen earlier. I know. Think about what I mean. He he should have been winning all kinds of awards. He really should have. I mean, totally. Oh, every song he wrote was a hit. I mean, he basically. was number two under Elvis on the charts, yeah. which is huge. That's that is huge, and he deserves that. But it's, yeah. yeah, like he it, did. He win any Grammys or anything while he was no, alive? He didn't. That's sad. It's like, very sad. That's sad. Like that dude. Yeah. This, like I wasn't sure. I was like, have, have I heard Sam Cooke? And you named off all the songs. I'm like, I've heard yeah, every heard single one of those. Those, those are sure. great, great songs. Yeah. He kind of it's opened fun. the door for like change. Well, yeah. For, like, I mean, black, even inspired black Motown. African Americans to start record labels and ownership of rights and yeah. for songs. I think that's awesome. That's interesting. Like, yeah, I, I didn't know any of that about him. And now I'm like, yeah, like I, that's, that's huge. I learned a lot today. And yeah. Like, and all these stories about, you know, premature deaths are really sad and it's hard to research because you kind of, you're so absorbed in that world while you're doing it. But this one hit me a little bit harder than some of the other ones because he wasn't out doing drugs. He wasn't living kind of like the high risk lifestyle, except, I mean, if he did try to, I mean, I guess you could consider like, getting involved with prostitutes, uh, high-risk lifestyle, but... I don't know. It yeah. sounds like like him flashing the money at the bar made him an easy really mark like, for choice. somebody. Yeah. Like, so sad, because like, like, he probably greedy. didn't even know that girl was a prostitute. Like you guys were saying, yeah. like it's not like he couldn't get it. Right. But it's sad because when you find out like he was drinking more because he was grieving the loss of his child, he had this like terrible thing going on with all of his work. Yeah. You know, it yeah, like I probably I mean, I could I could imagine, you know, acting stupid and maybe like getting like Oh, I've made some terrible choices when I've been in high stress situations yeah. like that. Like I mean, I haven't had anything comparing to like losing a child, but like And I'm not trying to justify in case like this did happen the but way But I'm just saying like, like I, if you like all those things aligned, like yeah, you're not going to make the best choices. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't mean that he's a piece of shit or anything. Yeah, like, and he was he's a definitely guy. not a piece of shit. I yeah. brought up the point yesterday that maybe he had a completely dual like set of lifestyles and personality that was completely different than what everyone saw. Like I talked about OJ. Yeah. Um, before the Ron Goldman or people knew that he was beating his wife though. Like but family the public, friends. 
like the public image of him, he was this all-American, like sportscaster, football legend. Yeah. Yeah. And mild-mannered. And that's what the public saw. Maybe Sam Cooke had this other side like OJ had. But you would wonder, like even like this long after his death, like if, like why wouldn't somebody come forward with that? Yeah, totally. You know, but also like I'm glad that things like that didn't come out because like it would have just made his work that he did that was so important look not as good as it was you know what yeah. i mean like so i'm i'm glad to hear that there weren't these terrible stories yeah that came out about him because I it, know. it yeah. i don't want him to be invalidated yeah i'm surprised you know? sam cook's not more famous well they're saying than that he is. because of this the way that he died because it kind of tainted his reputation they're saying that that's why you know he yeah. isn't known by everyone i mean Everyone knows knows who Elvis is, like yeah. beyond doubt. But like he was number two under Elvis at the time, and it's, yeah. people are like, "Ah, oh, Sam Cooke. I think I know. Him. Maybe, yeah. maybe I don't." It's just it's interesting to see how it faded. Like I that. Know. that is interesting. It shouldn't have. You yeah. shouldn't have. I'm gonna listen to Sam Cooke tonight. Yeah, yeah. You should listen to the the Live at Harlem album. It's great. Oh, that one's good. Yeah. There's so much to take in. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I'm just like, wow, that's like a flabbergasting. You've story. got time to yeah. take it in though, Kendra. I know. I have nothing to do but sing, contemplate yeah. Sam Cooke, and I'll come back like, okay, can we do a follow up? <laughs> so, Part who two. would be the potential lizard person in this story? Was what? it the Franklin, Lisa Boyer? <laughs> Al- I think it's Bertha because oh, she yeah. tried to sue him for two hundred thousand yeah. dollars, or sue his widow, who's also grieving the loss of a child like what a heartless kind i vote for alan klein we don't know much about him we never really we're going to talk about in a, another um mini episode we're going to talk a little bit more about his widow i'm not going to tell you guys anything yet but it's a crazy story not it's not what she did like she didn't do okay. she wasn't she's one. involved yes okay yeah terrible situation but but yes yeah, so it's something to look forward to but curious mm-hmm. all right <laughs> Yeah, I think Bertha's a lizard person. I think Alan Klein okay. is the lizard person in this situation. Yeah, he's like the creepy... Because he ended up, you know... Like the emperor up, yeah, up in the tower. Yeah, he got all the money. Still does... I mean, yeah. the company still... The Abco still owns the rights to his music. Scientology, so. I say. They're involved. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it'd been thought up yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm not sure what we're talking about next time, but I'm sure we'll come at you with something soon. Yep. Quarantine episode two. (laughs) Yeah. So hopefully everybody stays healthy, stays safe, stays home if you're supposed to stay home. Stay home if you can, please. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing we didn't, we decided not to start our Patreon account while most, you know, while people are out of work and facing this right, pandemic. Yeah. So we decided oh, to hold off on that. You can't buy toilet paper? Give us $3. But yeah. if you like us, please review and, um, you know, tell a friend about us. Anything helps. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's also cool to see feedback. Yeah. Um, or we love if you it. ever have stories or suggestions. opinions. Uh, we, we definitely love taking suggestions on topics to cover. That would mm-hmm. be great. And uh, yeah, hope you all have a wonderful day or evening or night or... 3 a.m. or whenever you're listening to this. Bye. Bye. See ya.